Oh, this episode was brought to you as ever by the support of our lovely backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. I feel a little bit under the weather. I'll tell you why, because as well as Oscars fever, we're reviewing a best picture winner this episode. I've also got golden raspberries fever. Yes, we're reviewing a worst picture winner from the Razzies over on cinema swirl. In fact, right now, if you join over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl, you can hear me and Kevin review the love guru, Mike Myers's uh, film. And we had a very interesting time talking about that. If you want to hear that and indeed the 37 other bad films that we've discussed over on Cinema Swell, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Cinema Swell to find out more about how you can sign up at that $5 level to get access to all those episodes. Right, let's get swirling. Cinema Swirl! Oh, you want a glass of this wine tea? It's episode number 90! Coming to you from the pork store of Hollywood, California. By way of Newark, New Jersey, that is. It's me, your old pal, Cowboy Uh. Kevin, settling up as (laughs) I am always with my OTP Siglieri, Sam Chaplin. And I am just realizing this moment, I really wish we had a mob movie going here because it does feel like somewhat wasted breath what i've just done there elaborate wasted breath hello everyone a little peek behind the special curtain kevin was so (laughs) proud of that rhyme that he muted the call to announce it to joe the intern yeah i actually had to broadcast it using the digital assistant (laughs) she was upstairs okay when she was upstairs when you said broadcast i thought you just meant shout You employed your digital assistant to then broadcast it. My crafty digital helper helped me throw my voice into an entirely different room. Did Joe know that was coming? Did did you? No, she's she's upstairs. She's she's having a little rest at the moment, you know, in the afternoon. And uh, I, oh, just so you know. Uh, well, it was worth the wait. I will say she's not broadcast back yet, which. I mean, I'm actually starting to worry now that this wasn't quite the slam dunk Bobby Dazzler that I had viewed it to be. But Sam, look, we've got some serious business on hands here because for the first time ever, you're joining us live on Cinema Swirl. We're here at the headquarters in the counting zone and we both have big anorak jackets on and large microphones with covers on them because Sam, this one's come down to the wire. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. I'm here from my local polling station in Nottingham, which is a library, and uh, we're, we're counting the votes here. Would you be up for some live on-air banter for your know, on-location chat like this? Sure, yeah. And I would say, Sam, you, you're looking well. Look, you've had your breakfast this morning, and how, how is everything <laughs> over on, on your end? And he looks like he's had his Weetabix or or other any cereal, really, you know, uh, any cereal. <laughs> Kevin, I am a fan of, uh, of uh, cereal. <laughs> so we'll get on with the uh, the vote the vote counting here now. If it has been believed, because I believe I have, I brought <laughs> yeah, this up that it, it, 
<laughs> it's been brought up on a previous podcast yes. that we are being courted constantly with several mm. follow-up emails <laughs> from a startup company that is trying to automate our podcast. Mm. And I have been on good authority that even though we've signed no agreement, yep. that they have an ability now because we don't know what this episode's going to be yet. That's how close this foe is. It's the closest foe in cinema swirl history. Yes. And, and um, the think. tension here between Sam and I is very, very, very palpable. And we normally close this photo off with an hour to go. And I said, Sam, you got to run up right to the wire. Let's fill the room with tension. And now, ye at home, you shouldn't know what this episode is. This should be kind of like uh, episode 90 dot 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 question mark. And yeah. I was hoping they'd automate it in a way that would reveal the episode right. as we find out. And if yeah. that's not been done, you've not got the deal, guys. That's no. all I'm saying. See you later. Bye. You're dead to me. <laughs> We've not got our money's worth from this company that, well, I don't know if I should say this, but claims to pay people less than minimum wage as a feature benefit that would benefit yeah. us. I don't like that. That's one of the top tier <laughs> attributes of this. Not quite as good as the people who contacted Cinema Swirl and they're like, are you tired of your voices being silenced by Patreon and and SoundCloud? Why don't you hook up with this fucking anything goes <laughs> platform? And we didn't because... No. As wild as Sam's opinions are on movies, yes. they don't yet approach having a hateful quality. Uh, so, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. But I'm excited, Sam. I had yeah. a little time off for my birthday, and I'm coming back now for probably what is a surefire good day at the office here at Cinema Swirl. Well, so this vote was a uh, an Oscars special, as you'll be aware if you're listening to this upon release. We're in the, the midst of Oscar fever. The smell of Oscar is in the air. It's Oscar season. So we're picking between three Best Picture winners from the 2000s. So basically, these are all movies that should have been filling the public sphere with chatter and scuttlebutt yeah. while Sam was very busy not watching any not movies engaging with while that he all. was growing up. So yeah. the options are, I believe, we have Gladiator, yeah. we have The Departed, yeah. and we have No Country for Old Men. So these are three movies, all of which, I'll tell you right now, Sam, are fucking brilliant okay. as far as I'm all concerned. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if you think that might be why we've come down to the wire on this special live experimental cinema swirl. I think so. I think there is a, a quality, I was going to say quality threshold. I'm not sure what I mean by that, but I mean that th these films are of good quality, I think, from what I've understood hearing about them. All of these films I've heard are fucking incredible and brilliant. I've heard that before. So I imagine there's not much between them, you know? And, that, and we found that that's the case. You were telling me when mm. we were getting ready that... It was, what was number three was now in the lead after number one and two were battling out vote for vote all afternoon. This is absolutely unprecedented. It's been very complicated. I think everything has had a, a fair shot, but it was sort of neck and neck for a long while. And, and Sam, obviously you're down there at the vote centre at sure. facebook.com forward slash cinema swirl. Tensions running high. Word on the ground, tough and or tight at the top. The comment section, how's it looking? Are they behaving themselves? Yeah, just all being nice. Just people saying it's it's tough. They're all they're all good. I mean, that's it's very much like when you go to vote in an actual election. Is so you come out and you go, look, they're all so great. <laughs> they're, all <good>. they're all so good. <laughs> all these really tantalizing visions uh, for the future. Damn you, each of you offering me the vision of a city on a hill, a different city on a different hill. <laughs> 
Is it time, Kevin, for us to to take a look inside the big sack of votes and see whether we've got a, a clear victor here? We have, Sam, but just before that, it's as is tradition on these points, it is the exit poll that's coming over here okay. fr- li- live from Podcrabs HQ, where I reckon, my exit poll, I reckon that Gladiator has won it. So the official exit poll is, right. I reckon, I reckon that is Gladiator I reckon. If I could just worse. interrupt you there, Kevin, the results have come in. If you could just shut Sorry, up for a second, if you, could let, if you could let me finish, Sando, because <laughs> this is, if you don't mind going to the vote now, thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Right, I, well, I was. So let, let's take the vote here. The results are in with a lead of one vote. Are you but, kidding me? But one vote. Our winner is Gladiator, as predicted oh, by the exit baby. poll. Yeah, we're doing Gladiator. I promise you. I wasn't broadcasting to anyone telling them to stick in a vote, so it looked like that I knew my political <laughs> science. But once again, for once, yep. not not once, not once again, once what? Kevin has been proven right. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the exit poll turned out was pretty accurate. Yeah, uh, so looks like my six month subscription to the private eye that I let lapse wasn't in vain after all. And hopefully, if our automation of this podcast has gone successfully, none of that dramatic tension will be lost on you because you won't know what the film was until this point in the episode where the title of the film dynamically changes to what we've revealed it to be. And if, if this was actually like a live broadcast instead, yeah, sure. like actually, you'd think this would have been a really great moment. And you might be thinking right oh. now, it being recorded is a bit of a subpar moment. Yep. But you just think of all the subpar moments you would have gotten <laughs> if this was live beforehand, the other 89 episodes. Imagine that shite. Imagine doing Blue Velvet live. No cuts, no takes. Tell me what you think of this movie. <laughs> no, no conferring. The Gladiator. Gladiator. Yeah. Russell Crowe, who mm. recently joined us on Cinema Swill over on patreon.com slash Cinema Swirl for the Dark Universe Spectacular, where we reviewed That Mummy. Yep. And he's back here again, Inspector oh. Javert. First and foremost, Sam, it's Gladiator. What are your thoughts? Uh, and live reaction, Sam, uh, on the ground there. The people in the Gladiator camp have to be happy, but Scorsese denied. Once again on Cinema Swirl. Look, we'll get some some Scorsese coming in at some point, I'm sure. In fact, Kevin, I'm going to say something controversial now. Oh, excuse me. I reckon that because of the slight, the slight vote margin here, it might be the case that we do go on and record a departed episode, a The Departed episode. The Departed episode coming to you soon. Yes. And I am glad, Sam, that that has been confirmed now because when Sam and I did our Razzie's Oscar special idea at the start of the month, we thought that the Oscars was on earlier than the 27th of March. Yes. <laughs> yes, we were. So Oscar season may have it's continued, the baby. It's, it's the, the season. season. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I want to watch another good movie because we need to see go. what the fuck we had to do for Patreon this month. <laughs> You're not going to begrudge me doing another nice movie, all right? I've earned it now, so I have. Gladiator, then. What impact did this make on you growing up? Did you you hear about this? How did you not see this in school? This was like substitute teacher's curriculum for 2000 to 2009. (sighs) Look, I'm trying to think about what I know about this. I know Ralphie and the Sopranos loves it. And (laughs) he was swinging around chains and stuff. That actually ended up being pretty good there. Yeah. Uh, the, old, the old rhyme at the start, actually. Yeah, yeah. All. It, all t- it all ties in. all ties in. What do you know about Gladiator and Russell Crowe other than he was a hooer? This, <laughs> this is some real old shit in terms of the setting 
This is back in like ancient Rome. Stop trying to make us seem younger than me. Like, remember 2000? Oh. So old, man. <laughs> well, 22 years ago. This. 22 years 22 ago. 22 years ago. Back in ancient Rome, there was a gladiator. Yeah. Played by Russell Crowe. The man himself. Who did that thing in the Colosseum where you fight and they do the thumbs up or the thumbs down. But, you know. Well, they... Robot Wars. <laughs> And Craig Charles is commentating. Craig Charles is there, like, you know. (laughs) Gladiator, reveal your face. There's a there's a thumbs up and a thumbs down system that in a kind of, you know, QIL type situation, I think in real life, the thumbs down was good and meant that you would survive, and the thumbs up meant that you would Yes. The thumbs up was like, yes, kill him. Yes. I confirmed that he should be killed rather than, yes, he's all right, let him go. Okay, that's really flipped my understanding of the thumb on its head. It's literally flipped upside down. I know he's in those Colosseum battles. Yeah. He is a gladiator. I think, I think his wife and child were killed. Why do you reckon that? Or is that just kind of what happened to people's wives and children back in Roman times? No, I sort of recall a quote being quoted at me, but I, I, I don't know if it's worth me trying to... Go on! Go on! Give it to me. Maximus Aurelius. um, Hi. Man of. Man, husband of dead wife, father of dead child, I'm here with my sword (laughs) (laughs) to have a right bloody go and have have a great day out. Um. Thank you. Somewhere like that. Gladiator. Gladiator. Fight. Yeah. Yeah. He's going on ITV's Gladiators with, with the big cotton buds, you know. <laughs> here's, here's a question. Are you expecting this to be action, drama? Uh, is this dark? Is it light and frothy? What, what, what type of a movie are we getting here? Because I'm not sure if something mm. winning a Best Picture Oscar or being laden with Oscar fancifulness, if that means anything. Because I know there's a lot of folks who I know who like would say that if something wins a, a best, you know, if something is lavished with praise by the Academy, it yeah. means it's a certain type of movie or whatever it is. Yes, like Oscar prefers certain genres or the term Oscar bait comes to mind. You know, you kind of art housey drama, not a genre film. But I'm getting a little bit of epic anxiety. Ah. I, I'm, I'm might be predicting an epic. I mean, I've not looked at the runtime, but it probably would be a bit of a long, bit of a, long a bit of a long like, and sure. A long and I know that Lord of the Rings, one of the Lord of the Rings, is one best picture a couple of years, a few years after this. What could any of us really glean from that in terms of what it means for this? Movie? I'm just, I'm nervous that it might be. Oh, like a big, a big, long, boring, epic movie. Yeah, I'm worried I might not get on with it. But everyone loves Gladiator, don't they? They all love yeah, Gladiator. Yeah, pretty much. It's universally beloved. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Very popular. If you're going to honestly put a gun to my head, it was probably my least favourite of the three that have went up here okay. you know, today. Yeah. Not that it's saying But much, that's not you know. a bad thing, necessarily. They're, no, they're all good. not necessarily a bad thing. Well, look, mm. we've got a movie that Sam does not know a quote from particularly well. well I got some of it. You got some of it, you know. You, you, <laughs> I. You, you, <laughs> I. Yeah, got, yeah exactly. Any <laughs> other names in this that you're expecting? If it's a big Hollywood blockbuster of note... I'm assuming we're going to get some stars lining up. I'm trying to think of who directed it. It oh, 
I wonder if this... Uh, I, look, I've got Ridley Scott in my head, but I don't know if... No, no. Mm. It's, it's a big director, I think. In terms of cast, I know Russell Crowe. I'm struggling to think of anyone else who's in this. Who I can I can picture him on the DVD cover. Yeah, because you've probably seen that DVD cover in a lot of DVD collections. All over the shop, yeah. Literally all over the DVD shop. Um, <laughs> uh, he's got the gear on. He's probably holding a sword down or up or something. I, I can picture him. I can picture his haircut, but I can't... Oh. So, Russell Crowe's a gladiator. Yeah. Got some dead family, and he's going to go on an adventure involving Colosseum fights. There's some vengeance, ah. I assume. Yeah. So, you think, much like Ghost Rider, he will have the spirit of vengeance? I think is potentially it. I think so, yeah. 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 I hope Nick Cage is in this as well. <laughs> well, I'm very excited for us mm. to see this movie, but I think before we do, let's wet our whistles and our appetites with the whetstone of the mailbag. I, Sam Chaplin, reader of mail, do open the... I must have been a of dead people now, and I was like, no, 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 no. Do open this, thou'st, this, thy, thy mailbag overfloweth with messages. What, what, are you, what, what are you doing there, Sam? <laughs> What are, you, what are you up to over there? What's going on? What's I'm that voice? Are you doing like old English or something? <laughs> I'm trying to stand in the Colosseum and like give my big speech. Yeah, but what's this thine business? I oh, I'm in the Colosseum over thine. here. Oh, welcome to the mailbag. You're in the mailbag. Me, Sam Chaplin, gonna read some bloody mail, mate. Thank you for all your messages, questions, queries, comments, other stuff into Cinemaswell at Gmail. Dot com. At cinemaswirl at gmail.com, send your letter today. Yes, please. Now, I'm going to keep this mailbag reasonably brief. Because we, we've got a, a large brief ahead of uh, us. I'm worried we've got an epic on our hands. So our message comes in. We've got one, one message. Our message comes in from Mike, who writes Mike. the following. Dear Kevin and Sam, last weekend I went to watch the surprisingly entertaining Studio 666 film by Foo Fighters, which sees the band playing themselves in a fictional horror scenario in which Dave Grohl gets possessed and goes on a killing spree of his fellow bandmates. This got me thinking. If you could have any band, past or present, play themselves in a fictional movie, who would it be and what scenario would you put them in? Peace and love, peace and love, Mike. Oh, man. Yeah, we get a lot of band questions. A lot of band... Not, not sorry, band not, questions. <laughs> not band questions band where we have questions. to go on a Patreon alternative where we can use our Some of these speech. nasty <laughs> questions that you'd be sending us now. Goodness gracious. Now, I've not got a perfect answer for this, but I've got a little factlet for you. Oh, see, the problem with this is that, like, most musicians, yeah. as evidenced by Studio 666, <laughs> suck like a fucking suck... They suck like a fuck at acting. They're no, they're bad at it. They are. Yeah. They're genuinely awful at it. And like, I do mm. remember, like, I've struggled a lot of the times with like my dad sticking on Beatle movies. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. Particularly where he was showing me like Hard Day's Night. He'd be like, that man on the train with them was actually a pedophile. And they go, no, don't tell <laughs> right. me that. Secrets of the sixties, but um, that was like cinema swell back in the day. Your dad telling you, much like, "Hey, watch this thing that you enjoyed." That man's a pedophile. <laughs> that's a pedophile. But I mean, I'm pretty sure. Like, I think Bob Dylan played himself in like some, or or played like you know did a movie with himself, and I'm yeah. pretty sure 
The only time I enjoyed the Beatles doing anything with themselves is when it was Yellow Submarine, where I later found out that they didn't actually do the voices themselves, just some other lads did voices oh. for them. They right. actually had very little involvement with that piece of media. Mm. So I'm struggling. I mean, maybe... Yeah. Maybe, like, because he genuinely is a great character actor, and I always laugh and clap my hands when he shows up and he does a good bit. And I love him as a musician as well. Probably Tom Waits, maybe. Yeah. That being said, the idea of, like, that version of Tom Waits trying to play, that younger Tom Waits, that would probably be ghastly. So, what you're proposing there, Mike, is I somehow trap multiple versions. Of of Tom Waits in some sort of Spider Man No Way Home scenario, and I'm not I'm not having it quite frankly because they'd be like Waylon cats down there going well, well, well. all the different genres well. clashing, all the different <laughs> new iterations not going along with the old ones, be awful. I think Kevin, you've hit on something interesting here because it, Mike suggested we can put these musicians in other scenario but they're playing so they're playing themselves play themselves in a fictional movie but in a fiction, oh, okay all right oh because yeah mm. is your factless no longer valid no my factless <laughs> is valid but the other thing that you've hit on is that i was thinking it'd be interesting to have right it, uh, you know how, how heath ledger based a lot of his joker on tom waits's kind of speech patterns you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. have tom waits be old man joker <laughs> Same thing I was asking. This guy comes here, cap in hand, admitting he's seen the Foo Fighters movie, and honestly, bravely saying that he thought it was great. You know, fair fucks to you, Mike. Coming here now, you know, give him both barrels. He said, surprise, he said surprisingly entertaining. You, he didn't necessarily say good. Go, you give him old Joker. <laughs> And you, you honestly, you spoiled my answer in hindsight as well with that. Because now it's like, hey, do I check out the new release from Old Joker? <laughs> but he'd be perfect Ooh. as the old, old Joker. Because he's, he's already got that For stuff built in. Sake, he's already Sam. got that stuff. It's ba- he. Old Jared Leo's from a band, though, isn't he? Oh. <laughs> isn't he? Isn't he? So you know what? He is. Maybe. Uh, and he's never played himself. He's never played himself. I was going to say, Mike, we've got the, the makings of a, of a grand movie here, haven't we? Oh, you know what? Jared Leto, he's played out, he transforms himself, he does different things for all these roles, and yet the one person who he won't transform himself into is Jared Leto himself. A, oh. role, a role that not even Jared Leto can handle. Yeah, Jared, there's no special prosthetic suit you can slip into for that. There's no over-the-top accent you can do to hide behind. It'd be fucking front and centre, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then my little factlet, which I shall get out now. Oh, please. Are you familiar with the band Supergrass? Of, yes. Uh, we are young. So Steven Spielberg saw the music video for All Right by Supergrass and approached the band and proposed that they work together on a TV series in the style of The Monkees. Really? Yeah. He wanted to. He, wa- he saw that video and was inspired and wanted to scoop them up and make a, a full you know TV what? series. You say that the now, they do have the scampish energy of yeah, a young yeah. The Monkees, don't yes, they? Yes, they do. And they were very Ooh, young. Um, they were. When that came out, they were still teens. Yeah, yeah. But they turned him down and preferred to work on their second album. But I I love the alternate universe where that came out and Supergrass became a kind of TV fictionalised version of themselves, directed by fucking Spielberg. Ah, yeah, but look, they made the right call because Supergrass are on top of the world and, like, where's Spielberg now? (laughs) Nowhere. Not on the Oscar docket, is he? No. (laughs) 
Supergrass uh, this year will be playing the Splendour Festival in Nottingham, which is a festival where you can see bands that were big no! 10 to 20 years ago. <laughs> ah! Oh, is it because it's Splendour? Because it's like sugar and it's like it's like they're famous. Is that it? like... That's horrible. That was a roller coaster because I said that bit and then I'm like, oh, Jesus, I hope they're all right, yeah. the lads. They're doing all right. In. They're fine. They're fine. They're fine. fine. Better than you, Spielberg. Why don't you I find some other youngsters to, to poach? <laughs> so, so there we go. That's my little factlet. Mike, I'm sorry that none of my answers were relevant to your question at all. And thank you, Sam, for the restraint of not being like, what if Weezer went on an adventure <laughs> with Blur? <laughs> and they got lost. Well, if you want that, you can go to my Tumblr account and you can, <laughs> you, can, you can read those film pictures. They are several pages long. So thank you very much for your questions into the mailbag to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Send your letter today. Mm. Oh, got Gladiator coming up. Got Gladiator. Well, oh. I mean, before either of us die of Oscar fever, we better go. go what's right. this bad boy? I'm, I'm expecting that you're going to love us. Really? I'm calling my shot. I think so. I think it is so broadly acceptable as a movie and the, that nature of it alone, coupled with its reputation, will probably make you go, yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Because I will say, it's certainly more than any cinema swirl entry in a long time has gotten a lot of buffs from it being on the Oscar Best Picture special for right. the very tough and tight, top of the tight, tough, tight, tough, tough voting. So I think with all those things going with it, and its already existing reputation, I think those are all going to work together. Even if you only think it's very good, I'll think you'll love it. Do you but think I'm, I might quote Supergrass and say that it's all right? Or Maybe, maybe. Uh, you don't think I'll dislike it? No, no, no. no. But it's whether I like it or think it's brilliant. We've done yeah. enough Russell Crowe now to know whether or not he grinds your gears or anything. It doesn't seem like he does. So I enjoy that. Like yeah. You know, and if anything, it'll help you understand the mindset of one Ralph Cipperetto. And I'm yes. sure you'll appreciate that as well. So. <laughs> well, it's extra background reading for my next rewatch of The Sopranos. <laughs> right. Let's do it. Let's go do a cinema swirl. back sam initial gut reactions to I'm, is it gladiator or the gladiator no it's glad it's a gladiator it's a gladiator <clears throat> my name is pepsi maximus samius chaplonius <laughs> commander of the protestants of the east midlands he admitted it watcher, he admitted <laughs> watcher of zero films and loyal <laughs> servant to the true emperor mark commode Drinker. Oh my God! Of a decaffeinated drink, eater of a frozen pizza, and I enjoyed this movie in this episode and probably in the next. <laughs> in the next episode, you'll just be thinking I'll about this. this that is. <laughs> you know, what? I was thinking halfway through this movie. I wonder if I should do a little. I'm a X, Y, and Z, and I thought, well, Sam's already had a go at it earlier, so it's only polite to give him the floor to correct. I am father of dead child. <laughs> That's the best I could do on the bus on the way back from work. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's good. It's go. good. It was yeah. um, very candid, very revealing, Sam, is what I thought it was. Pepsi uh, Maximus. Yeah. Pepsi Maximus. Oh, Pepsi I get it Maximus. Now. 
Yeah. Caffeine free, like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Drinker of a decaffeinated drink, eater of a or frozen pizza. Like a doctor, his surname was Pepper, like Dr. Pepper, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Or you could have like a lad called Lilt. Uh, you could do that as well. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure you could have a cheeky little dog called Tab for the Americans. I enjoyed the film. Is, is <laughs> that's good happened. to hear. Let's, let's get this out of the way first. Mm. At a hearty, let's just say, £235, but nearly two hours, 35 minutes. Ooh. Yeah. How do you want the length? It was a longer. It was as epic and in scale as predicted in the priest world. Big fella, this film. Big chap. But I didn't mind it, you know? Mm. I didn't feel it suffered from its length. I think it needed that time and used its time well and didn't drag its feet and it told a good story in its time. And I respected that. I didn't need any breaks in this. I just went straight uh. through. Yeah. Very good. Very, yeah, yeah. very good. Well, I think it's always worth pointing out the time because I know that nine times out of ten will complain about the time. Mm. But this was one of the times where the time, it took its time, as you said. And I think it's high time now that we, you know, that we, we, we may. It's fucking so cold. And there's an ice cream truck outside. Oh, okay. Do you know what time he was around last night? No. Nine o'clock at night. Who's getting an ice cream at nine? My theory is, is that there's been a couple of ice cream men around the way who are like, I'm telling you, it's the children are going to have had their dinner. They want something sweet. It's nine o'clock. There's nothing in the pantry. <laughs> the other theory is that they're doing drugs from this right. ice cream van because Grand Theft Auto looms large in all our minds these days. Stop the moaning, mate, and get us a 99, will you? Yeah. All right. I was in the middle of saying something as well. I was in the middle of one of my trademark overuse of a word streams of consciousness. And now I have to talk about Salford-based ice cream delivery times. Bit strawberry like sauce, please, mate. And a flake. Get that in there. Very British behaviour is all this was. of saying, you, you love a 99, don't you? Yeah, love yeah. Love a 99. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I do. Well, look here, Gladiator, more like sepiator, because the, the star of this movie <laughs> was the heavy filter yeah. that reminded me of an old movie that had been dipped in tea to make it appear like an old parchment, you know? Yes, immediately you recognise, oh, it's it's old time, because the Universal logo is all sepia. I can't remember if I'm making this up that it was normal, and then it turned to sepia. <laughs> I think you might be making that up. <laughs> we're, going, we're going back in time a little bit, like... <laughs> <laughs> Come with us now on a journey to the past. Now, we're, we're talking about one thing here today, and that's the Roman Empire. Yes. And oh, with all due respect, see, that's a real empire over there, let me tell you. Wow! Oh, the size of that massive empire. Fucking I know, huge, right? mate. Massive. Who's Jesus ever Christ. complaining about being persecuted by the Romans? Other than the Christians. But honestly, yeah, I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. I think that maybe if there's anyone out there who wants a bit of the old empire... Yeah. But you're worried about the fascist tendencies of the actual imperial empire in Star Wars. Yeah. It's a bit, uh, isn't it? Like, and also, Britain, like, come on now. Shh, you know? What? Yeah. He tell us to try harder next time. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, Rome obviously did the equivalent of leaving on a high point. Like they said the right. best, you know, yeah. the funniest line in the in the meeting, and then they went out the door. They obviously ended with a bang of some repute because it just feels like, like if someone says, "Oh, John over there, he's got, you know, he he likes reading his books. He's a bit into history. He's quite into the Roman Empire at the moment." That indicates possibly an inquisitive mind and possibly someone who is interested in cultures gone past. John over there, though, yeah, he's been a bit on his own recently. Read up about the British Empire. Nah. What's going on with John? Do we have to contact Prevent? I was going to say, there's not many films about, you know, British Empire, but there probably are loads. There's probably loads of those. There's loads but look, of those. Look, you, you have to admit now, even when you, I say it, it happens all the time, but even when you say it, and yeah. you at home, when you hear us saying it, when the word British Empire is said, yeah. the word downfall just kind of like tumbles oh. into view in the mind's eye, doesn't it? The, the, the downfall of the British <laughs> empire you know what i mean <laughs> you've got this very weird way of stirring up this kind of misplaced british pride in me by like <laughs> out of spite well no actually it was it was a terrible empire and a bad idea but i still you know i feel a bit defensive about it i, Look, I won't why. begrudge you robin hood that was a decent power of the yeah. empire but other than that other than that hero character a lot to be desired the british empire in my experience robin hood best of british best of nottingham that's what i'm about but that's not what this is about. <laughs> One last stronghold left before a big old Roman victory. Okay, that's where we are at the start of this this film. So tell me, were you as a boy, I know you didn't play many video games mm. as well as watching any movies. This whole other podcast that could be happening. I just feel like, for me, I, learned, I had like a year in school where I learned a bit about Romans and then there was a few horrible histories knocking around in the yeah. school library and then after that it was pretty much medieval and Roman total war and age of empires to guide my hand through all of this. Was that experience of the Roman Empire? Is it is it something that you've seen in your media? Yeah. Did you learn about it in school? I think we did learn about it in school but in that kind of vaguely you know british you know junior school and comprehensive but there way was we're another like, empire children that was not <laughs> as nice as ours it's called the roman empire they i ain't no one been talking about that for many years to come <laughs> they wore these helmets some of their coins look like this okay let's move on to henry the eighth and then we got on with that so i don't know i didn't know loads about it and i think i watched my brother play age of empires on the pc and got a bit bored but i i kind of vaguely reckon oh look that's the roman empire it's right you you know the aesthetic of the Roman Empire. It's prevalent. You see it. You know, it, it's a big cultural thing. That's good to know. It's good to yeah. know that it's still there. It's a touchstone. I should have pointed out as well, of course, my Catholic upbringing with the Roman Empire there. Pretty much like an easy stand-in as the baddies, you know, pretty much. Uh, Roman Empire not particularly portrayed well, generally speaking, as it pertains to the old Catholic upbringing. No. i tell you what, something else that's kind of iconic, as well as the, the Roman Empire, the look of the Roman Empire, the look of the Roman soldiers, etc. That hand brushing through a field of wheat. That, I've seen that before. And I'm not, this is not just some Theresa May, you know, thing going on in my head. Romping through the fields. This is like gently brushing against the, I've seen that. I've seen that. That that must I have been like I feel like that's parody. the opening shot of like a lot of like banking adverts. Right, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. it'll be like, you know, whole grain on the brain and daddy's fish and chips and it'll have, you know, someone brushing their hand along in black and white. Who do you bank with? <laughs> you know the sort of fucking on the brain daddy's fish and chips. <laughs> Barclays. 
you're, you're some mid poets they'd have on, yeah. some fucking, you know, mid tier poets. You know, yeah, I yeah. read my poem for fucking the big bank, and now they've done a black and white video where someone brushes their hand on some fields of wheat. I'm a big boy now. Yeah, not proper poetry like Seamus Heaney, I imagine. No, that's the proper stuff. We did that at GCSE. <laughs> so, <laughs> Maximus. 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 He's walking through all of his men now. He's a big commander, a general of the Roman army. Everyone's smiling at him. He's a well-respected guy. And they're all talking about strength and honour. Yes, it's a proper mantra for a proper empire. Strength and honour. Oh, that's what the Roman Empire was all about in the core. Fucking British Empire. Two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. <laughs> that's what you're on about. <laughs> <laughs> nice cup of tea and a good sit down um that's what that's what we had uh, no strength and honor at my signal but uh, it doesn't sound like that at my signal unleash hell that's you know it's cool it's cool he's a cool oh, dude yeah. and i think this is one of the earliest big pre-battle chats a chattel if you will that, mm. that we got you know this is something that is almost beyond parody at this point it's done so much but i couldn't help but watching this movie for the first time in i'd say it's at least 10 or 15 years since i've seen this probably yeah. and it was amazing how much of this it felt like was in the guts and bones of a lot of like not just historical but like fantasy stuff as well yeah like a yeah, lot yeah. of the look of this I was shocked that Game of Thrones came to mind an awful lot of time. A lot uh, in this, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying, oh, people are lifted. There's obviously just inspirations from historical stuff, yada, yeah, yeah. yada. But just the actual general sense, particularly this opening battle with the old Germanians in Germania, it yes. was, you know, here that the idea, I guess, was germinating for this type of a look. <laughs> for your battles etc i was a bit concerned with this battle because it was you know opening big epic battle scene which is not really my speed oh i know but it was all physical effects yes. wasn't it it was all very visceral and very well it was proper i i describe this as blood and mud you know it's blood <laughs> and it's mud or and B&M, as we like to call it here. <laughs> it's a real B&M bargain, this, because they got, in, they got in amongst it. They got involved, you know? It was a real classic British battle. Blood and mud. <laughs> it felt very, very brutal. Blood and mud and fire as well, I yes. would say. And yeah. in the right combination, you can make some sort of a rudimentary black pudding with those ingredients. <laughs> and a lot of slow motion. But this is obviously the days before 4K or even 3K, maybe even, because... <laughs> The slow-mo here was very much like that kind of jittery, <laughs> stuttery slow-mo, which Sorry, really, just... really seemed out of order. For the listeners at home, for some reason, when Kevin was demonstrating slow-mo, he looked like Ric Flair <laughs> walking. <laughs> <laughs> Who I suppose does kind of exist in slow motion. But there was some like real slow motion, and then there was some of that, you know, you know, the artificial <laughs> slow motion. You know, not like Windows <laughs> Movie Maker slow-mo. What's the difference between real slow motion and artificial slow motion? I shall tell you. I'm honestly very intrigued right. now. So, if you wanted to do real slow motion, you would film the sequence at the time. Or just moving very slowly. No, at a f higher frames per second, and then okay. show those frames at normal speed, if that makes sense. So if you shot something at like okay, yeah, yeah. 60 frames a second, but then showed it at 30 frames a second, you'd get actual slow-mo where you've got enough frames for the slow motion. Whereas if you just showed 30 frames a second at 
15 frames a second, it would be slowed down, but it's not going to look natural because it's a different frame rate to the normal frame rate. Thank you. So this is basically the principal photography equivalent of lacing your lasagna with a cup of lentils if you're low on meat, is what you're <laughs> yeah, saying to me was. here now. Yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah. much but, there now. And there's your cooking tip for the episode, by the way. Yes, and that's not to say that there's not meat in this sequence because there is meat in the sequence, but there are also a, a scattering of lentils to, to bolster it. And, I, and that's fine. That's, that's fine. good. That's really, I'm happy to know that because yeah. I was pondering during the sequence like I wouldn't mind dying in slow motion like mm. you know that wouldn't be a bad way to go not necessarily what particular method but it's not you know slow motion but I thought me trying to ordain what I could and couldn't do when I die is a bit much so Sam I would like you once again to refer to okay. the rolling document vis-a-vis -vis my funeral where I would propose at least yeah. two to three lengthy slow motion sequences during the funeral during the funeral maybe when my coffin's been coming because I'm a big old fucker you all getting a serious workout you get a serious workout. You do that in slow motion. Yeah. You do okay. a deadlift squat with me, <laughs> and then lower me really slowly, as if to make give people a pause. Like, is he is he gone for good? This lad. <laughs> You know, you I, like what I'm saying is, if, if my funeral is the end, I want the slow motion to be the question mark at the end of that. Is what I'm saying. I love that you want to drag out your funeral for as long as possible. Like that's the moment you want, like stretch. It as out. we've established in previous episodes, yeah. at this point, it's going to be a three act, almost operatic structure. Yes. with highs and lows of human emotion. So the slow mo would help everyone kind of, you know, catch their breath a little bit. Is what I'm yeah. saying. Hey, so the Roman lads have bloody done it in this battle. Hey. They've done it. Way. Good, big victory. Roman victory. Even the dog was chucking in with the war effort. <laughs> and hey, we see a little bit of uh, Joaquin Phoenix. We've got, we got Joaquin. I, for, I, I think I knew deep down that he was in this, but I'd kind of forgotten he's in this. Oh no, Sam. Because of all of our idle chit-chat from the email from Mike earlier, we only went and bloody summoned a joker into the pack. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, keep an oh. eye on this one. That's all I'm saying. And he even had the pale clown makeup on him and everything, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. He yeah. was. Look, all I'm saying is, right? He was the most Jokerish character in this movie. There was no one yes. even a close second. Well, uh, <laughs> so Russell Crowe, as a reward for doing so well in this battle, he just wants to be able to go home. That's what he He's wants. Proven his valor, and it's a big deal to do that. Yeah. Whereas Joaquin shows up late to the party, having yeah. not done anything in this battle and wants to ride on that sweet nepotism train and just still be in charge anyway and get the big promotion to his daddy's role as emperor of rome yeah and i felt yeah. he hadn't earned any of the cheek kisses that he embellished from russell crowe here i thought that it was everyone knows you show up late to the war you defer your kisses that's yeah. the only w real way to do it honestly you don't have to come to the war but you won't be getting any kisses you know that's all i'm gonna Easy say as you know i wanted to see russell crowe get his flowers yes and Joaquin phoenix not get his kisses because of what happened in this scene now, I don't want to compare every single time any dads or sons sort of betray each other and make choices over who takes over to succession. However, Commodus gives me very strong Roman Roy vibes. In oh, the, really? Yeah. He had a bit of Kendall Roy in my mind. I said Kendall and then I kind of like... I think he's got, he's got a... He's kind of all the Roy siblings in one horrible package. I'm going with Kendall because he's been played by an actor who broke his foot kicking a bin once in a row, so it felt <laughs> only appropriate to uh, invoke Mr. Strong in uh, in that instance with regards Jeremy to Strong, the acting. But Jeremy Weakfoot uh, is what I will say. <laughs> I said break your leg, not a foot, guys. Come on. Some actors here. 
So, Joaquin Commodus, he's my guy, because at the end of the day, he's saying, just leave the politics out of it, mate. You know? I know, they're literally saying that. They're like, <laughs> the bloody politicians have ruined politics. Yeah. And, you know, I think we had quite enough of the experts here in the Senate in Rome, quite frankly. So, like, what is he proposing exactly? What does he want instead, other than to give his sister the right? I, <laughs> I think he just wants to be the emperor. And is right. I think Rome might be a republic at this point, or heading towards yes. being a republic. And he I just wants so, yeah. to be an empire with him as the emperor, and get rid of these politicians who know nothing, and give it to the son of the last bloke. That's what he wants. And what's sad as well is all this is going on, all these plots and whatnot about the future. As Caesar, he's only blooming mm. packing it in health-wise. He's been dying for a couple of years. Yes. And he's also got that miserable look of the late-life tyrant where he's like, we've had four years of peace, 20 bloody years of war. <laughs> 30 years of hurt. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting the bad ending. He's getting yeah. like his sad victory on civilizations, what's happening to him here. And, you know, he's, he's worried about his legacy. He's worried about the future. He yes. asked Maximus, how will the world speak my name? What of salad dressings, Maximus? Because <laughs> I'm feeling any Caesar who's down in the dumps. Yeah. You show him that salad. You show the joy it's bringing. I'm talking literally thousands right. of people worldwide a day. I'm not saying it's going to solve his midlife crisis, but it give him a bit of a pat on the back. Well, there was an unaired Doctor Who episode where Doctor Who took Caesar into the future and showed him people eating salad with the Caesar salad dressing. And it, the camera span around. He was just crying. He was. He, it was so emotional with the the sick. There's this one with uh, Van Gogh in it where they oh, they, they show him the gallery. And then he started crying. He's crying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Cut my ear off. <laughs> Go grow up, big baby. <laughs> Makes me sick. Earless freak. <laughs> so uh, Maximus and Caesar here having a lovely chat. Chatting about Maximus's family. Talking about his child and his home. And that, at that point, when he's like said, oh, they're so lovely and sweet. Oh, and he comes to life here. It's like yeah. in the finals of like MasterChef where they do a little profile on them. They're like, oh, well, here's all my background and all about my he's, family. Uh, we've got a kitchen garden, olives in the north. He, well, he's uh, laying it on so thick with how cute everything is. Like, there's little baby wild ponies running around and my son plays with them and they, he wants to be a pony when he and I'm like oh, okay you're, mate you're, you've overshared there when you know like, they're gonna a, die <laughs> yeah I, I, I have to say any office situation you find yourself in if you're telling your line manager that your child has expressed wishes to become an animal you've maybe overshared and doubly so if it was a dream you had I love the idea that Caesar is his line manager <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but you know what it's paid off because Caesar is making him his successor, which, you know, immediately, oh, shit, that's not going to go well. He didn't want to do this. He's like, with all my heart, no, I don't want to accept this. And is he asking him to be actually emperor or just be like kind of a Denethor-type figure? Because I think Russell Crowe would be a great Denethor-type figure, if I'm honest. I thought it was to be, you know, big to take over when, when the time comes. I thought to that's what it was. To get the big chair. To get the big chair, to step up big into the chair. big chair. The hot seat. And the whole point is, is that he's not corrupted by politics. Everyone wants politics out of it, mate. Everyone they wants do. no more corruption of politics. He's the George W. Bush, isn't he? He's the, the, the guy who you wish you could have a beer with, who, you know, is kind of military-ish adjacent, you yeah. know? Yeah. Sick of the bloody politicians. 
give me the guy from the family of politicians, please. I want yes. my dynasties. Caesar, Commodus's dad, says he is not a moral man. He cannot rule. He must not rule. You are the son I should have had. Which, oh. I mean, that again, that's like that's a line that's kind of unnecessary because it's very heavily implied by the fact he's like, my son's shit. I want you to be in charge. I love you. Hold me. Also, you're the son I should have had. Caesar's basically saying, look, no one wants the Joker son. Everyone wants a bat son. Which means I'm going to die and I've accepted that, so I'm making arrangements with you now. Yes. But please don't tell my horrible Joker son. And uh, it's upon Caesar then to break the news to old uh, Commodus about what's going down, about how there will be no more politics and you will not be emperor. And because he is the Joker, he has no virtues, you see. No. Other than maniacal laughter. And I'm sorry, I got a bit lost. I felt like I became the Joker a little bit in my notes here. (laughs) Because I wrote down, I'm not going to kill you, Mamma Mia, <laughs> Commodus Crush, and then Emperor Joker. And it'd be crazy, isn't it, now that he's going to be the Emperor Joker? Because he'd probably be like, thumbs yeah. up, because I'm laughing. <laughs> and you wouldn't know if he actually wanted you to live or die or anything like that, even if you know the facts or not, you know? Now, as much of a laugh riot as this was, because we've got the Joker involved, I did find some of it quite interesting emotionally because Commodus is to put it lightly proper gutted about this and he does a little speech in response to his dad being like you're not getting the top job mate which really felt like and he just goes <laughs> and he just, he cracks him open like a crab claw but the stuff he was saying it really feels like an apprentice candidate trying to talk himself <laughs> out of being fired by Lord Sugar you know it's like but dad I've got ambition I've got ambition and you can't teach I'm that I'm a lot like got, you I'm the first season <laughs> <laughs> I sold aerials out the back of a van just like you and I will continue to do it and I've got ambition he's crying he wanted his dad to be proud of him and hug him so much so that he cries and hugs his father to death oh no uh, fucking hell I mean you know that's a big emotional statement that you wanted hugs from your father so you crush him to death with a hug well that's Jesus. why you need to hug your loved ones regular and often because otherwise yeah. see the same thing happened in the sims all the time as well sam they let the hug go for ages and ages and it's all built up in them like a big massive shite and then yeah. you can't let it out easy you have to do one of those death hugs you know yeah if anyone you know was like that just attach them to a firm tree until they get out of their system and you don't have to yeah. worry about them you know killing a relative or anything like that look this isn't going to play well now because the only guy who said you know, you're the emperor, mate, to Maximus. He's dead now. He should have gotten that notarized, Sam, shouldn't yeah. he? Fucking idiot. Just while I'm making my decision, can you just pop that down on a little memo and send that round to the lads just so we all know that you said When that. you're talking with an emperor, you should always make sure there's another person in the room and the door is yeah. open. You know, yeah. it's just good safeguarding practice in principle. So many things have gone wrong in these sorts of films and TV shows because there was no one around to listen to the chat and that's why even if it's only the slightest of promotions or upgrades all announcements of that sort should be done with a ceremony yes absolutely with pomp and circumstance maximus finds out that his albeit brief new dad has been killed and he's immediately betrayed by his friend (laughs) and arrested and sent to be executed brilliant at least give me a clean death a soldier's death but it's a trick because he kills the fuck out of his captors, including one who gets his sword frozen into it. It's too cold for him to be executed, so he kills them all in cold blood. What's the little thing that you pop a sword into? Because A I, sheath. A sheath. A sheath. 
for some reason in my notes, I kept wanting to write down tabard, and I know it's tabard. not a tabard. But What's that? I think that's like a, a type of smock. Um, smock, I see. Well, no, a scabbard. What's a scabbard? That's it. Might be a type of sword. Anyway, the fucking shite they teach you in school. I swear to God, <laughs> honestly. Uh, the, you know, we knew a bit about the Roman Empire, but it was mostly tabards and fish and chips. Why would yeah. you need to know that? <laughs> Such useless trinkets disguised as education. Like. Ridiculous. The good thing is, Max has managed to kill his captors. Get away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He managed to get out of the tricky situation by severing all their heads. It was yes. uh, something else. And I do love the, the cut to Max with proper long hair because he's been on the run for ages. His hair's grown out. It's like, oh, I've been getting away for a long time. I'll tell you what, like this kind of just scene and a half here felt like this was the aesthetic that 95% of AAA open world action RPGs are going for most of the time. If there's a sword involved, that is. Yeah. You know, the soft falling snow, the kind of the furry get up and all that. Lots of kneeling, mud and grime and blood as well as yeah. usual. On this. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it is easy to say that this is probably, I would have thought when I first saw this movie that would have been like, oh, this would be very influential. Yeah. But it kind of, it's, I think it's because it was so big, it's just like, this is the accepted way of things, I guess, to, for lack of a better term. I think it's become a template. Yes, that's it. Show. You know, it's, it's set the precedent and a lot of it, particularly as you mentioned, Game of Thrones feels like yeah. it's cribbed off this because I think it this was an iconic film and it's like, this is a great example of how you shoot these types of scenes because i do remember when game of thrones first came out i like i i was one of the sods who watched it like when it first first was, was you on were an the telly. early adopter you brought me in i brought you in i got you into game of thrones yeah for me sins <laughs> between season one and season two you brought me into game of thrones you showed it to oh me. Yeah. early into the fold and you were like here's a comedian called Stuart lee as, as thanks <laughs> thank you very much uh, what an interesting trade that was <laughs> <laughs> under the table like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin, the little son of Max, running up to all these Roman soldiers, so excited that his dad might be coming home. <laughs> God, it's combo breaker! Oh, it's no. so sad. Awful stuff oh, now. Yeah. And they fucked up the kitchen garden as well. Oh, oh smashed it no. to pieces. Yeah. This is like, I've had bad Airbnb experiences, but this <laughs> takes the cake, like. like imagine leading with the, the garden got all fucked up, and also my and wife and child were crucified. And they killed my wife and child. And <laughs> they put the crockery in the wrong drawers oh. as well. You know what? Russell Crowe here does some very good, quite gross, like, sobbing acting. You know sobbing that's so big, like, you get slobber everywhere. You know, he's overwhelmed with grief. Yeah. And also, he's a dirty fucking dog with all that slobber all over him. <laughs> Jesus, would you have a fucking wash? Look at him there now. Absolute stage of him. Uh, hey, right? Fucking template setting. There's a. When he kind of passes out from like grief and sadness and. Oh, just when he accidentally wakes up in the last movie we did for this podcast. <laughs> Where he's in the exact same setting with yeah. the exact same actor playing the exact same character <laughs> negotiating pretty much the exact same thing. <laughs> I mean, I'll never, I'll never begrudge you a paycheck, my man, is all I'm saying. <laughs> you make that fucking money. There's a little um, dream sequence beforehand where he's being like, when he passes out and then he is getting transported with like, I guess, slaves being taken to be sold mm -hmm. the little weird cuts and the dream stuff and his like head going along the, 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 there's something about I it i thought those were lame as hell I those dream bits. Aged, i thought they'd age so fucking bad it was like so 
very 2000 about a dream sequence. It reminded me of Vanilla Sky or something. It felt a bit Sopranos-y when Sopranos... Yeah, when like yeah. Early seasons of Sopranos yeah. did dreamy stuff. I think legitimately... And, and of course it comes up in Sopranos. They probably watched Gladiator and were like, oh, we could maybe do something a bit like this. This might be the way to... And I, it just gave me a vibe. Check out the tilt on this camera angle. <laughs> Whoa! But you're right, Omid's back. <laughs> and I heard his voice. And I thought, no, that can't be Omid again. This came out thing. one year later <laughs> than the last movie we did. I swear oh. to God, he just hopped on a bus from one shoot and went to the next one. I mean... Didn't even give him a new script. He just fucking eyeballed it. He'd be grand. Get that money, Omid. You know? Absolutely. And I, I think he did. I think he absolutely he did. He fucking sure as sugar yeah. did. <laughs> Is he, like, in every film that's got... Like sand in it, <laughs> like in all of those. There seems to be like a, a there's a certain like snapshot of like three to four years, yeah. Where if it's a movie above a certain budget that goes to I think either a market of some sort, yeah, in some sort of Middle Eastern or desert environment, and there's chat to be had as well because that's important. Yeah. He's not just going to show up unless he's there to put a bit of chat on. So yeah. I think, yeah, he's punched his ticket at least 12 times on that. And absolutely fair enough. So Oliver Reed is in this. Now, yes, uh, in his final role. Really? Is this his final role? How about that? Did you not know that? No, oh, I didn't oh, know. Oh, okay. I'm going to point something out to you later on. This is his final role. What is it? The shot that killed him? It's... <laughs> no, it's... When the director's there, take the shot. Like. Well, kind of. Um, he, what? He had a heart attack while making this. He died during production, and he gets Livia Sopranoed at one point, where they CG him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Now, honestly, I know naff all about Oliver Reed, other than I don't really. He was the lad who my parents would be like, "Kevin, come in, come in, come in." What? We're watching All Right on the Night, and they're about to show Oliver Reed with a few too many drinks. You have to see it for the ninth time, and Mm. it's and and then so I watched a video recently where someone was like, "I think he's putting on a bit in that classic video, like he's pretending to be Belubas and being a bit of a character." And then I saw Joe made me watch fucking Tommy the Who musical, and he's in that, and it's fucking shit, and he can't (laughs) sing worth a lick. So I don't give a shit about him. <laughs> well, there we go. That's Oliver Reed. That's Oliver Reed. I know very little about him. I just kind of know the name and know his reputation for being a very heavy drinker and know that he died. Which I feel like that's this- shit that that's all we know. But like that's we were fed a diet of that culture. Like Oliver Reed's the big fucking like, you know, the yeah. big disgrace. He got drunk on a chat show and jumped around and stomped his feet. But I'm sure he's more to him than that. If anyone's oh, yeah. to Oliver Reed into it and we could do a special Ollie Swirl, that sounds like a cool skateboard move. <laughs> Just sick Ollie swirl down that stair set, dude. Gnarly. <laughs> uh, anyway, he's in this, and he's a kind of gladiator trainer slash For- former slave gladiator slave himself. Yes. He was freed by the previous Caesar, and he's got an eye for talent. We start running drills to see who goes in the red team, who goes in the blue team. Yeah. And Maximus looks like he'd rather be hanging around with his mates than doing fancy gladiator training with all these guys. Quick question for you. Is Maximus Spanish <laughs> at all? Does he just look a bit Spanish to them? At the start of this movie, Spanish? I was like, are these, like you know, Roman soldiers. So we're talking Italian stock here. But I'm guessing the yeah. Roman Empire spread across so far so that you could be a be. Roman soldier, but you could have been from any number of places. Yeah, Russell Crowe, I mean, Jesus Christ, the voice is like... 
like old time is basically what his voice yeah. is. So yeah, sure, he's Why the Spaniard. I yeah. figured it was just that he was mistakenly like called that by you know because they were in a faraway market or whatever, and they're like, oh, the Spaniard, Spaniard. over there. Yeah, yeah. But maybe who knows? Yeah, he gets known as Spaniard. What we could do is we could cross-reference the details of the kitchen garden with the known agricultural output of Spain, yes. and then we could know whether or not that was true. Is there and things once, in Spain? I think there is. And once again, for that content, you'll want to check out our respective Tumblr pages, where we'll be doing a deep dive into agriculture. And agricultural classic. lore, basically. He's scratching off his Roman tattoo. They didn't have laser tattoo removal back in those days, mate. He couldn't do he it. He had s- scratching removal. Was all. They didn't have tattoo fixes on E4. You just had what you had. <laughs> And you just had to sort of cut it off your skin, which is horrible. You know, he's really disavowing Rome and the Romans. Rome's cancelled as far as he's concerned. Yeah. Done with this. But it's fight night slash fight day because it is always daytime. And it's a bit... I thought these were going to be like one-on-one this bloke versus this bloke. Oh, but it's, it's very much a Battle Royale Survivor Series, I guess you could be generous yeah. and call it, like team-based battles. It's a big multi-man situation. And I love that you've got like the big Mantor guy and you've got yeah. you know, all the crazy hats and helmets and stuff like that that anytime i've seen like glimpses of coliseum stuff i'm always like beyond interested because yeah. every time you hear something new you're like oh no that's got to be made of they would have had you know spring-loaded pits with tigers and snakes and they're like oh yeah no they did oh, yeah, yeah. you know yeah <laughs> and it is great to see and uh, one of the guys from lincoln park it looked like was uh, in the lineup there there was someone who managed <laughs> to have spiky hair you know lincoln park encore do you want more lincoln park you know the band's favorite lincoln park our boys our best bloody boys they win the big multi-man battle so we're very proud of our boys they made the blood fountains rain that day sam it yes. was um almost like i think the closest thing i can remind of an episodes we've done is probably something like akira or whatnot where it was just like very just like bloody ribbons artistically yeah, done yeah. blood yeah. <laughs> like very squelchy <laughs> You know, the pro- proper blood. You know what I'd do in a, in a Roman Colosseum situation? What would you do? I'd just pretend, because it looks like no one's really actually paying much attention. So I'd either, like, you know, go on the ground and pretend to be dead, yeah. or I'd find a like-minded individual and be like, let's just go, you know, I've got a fishbone skeleton of what we'll do. We'll go sure. over here into the corner, and you no know, one's going to pay attention, you know? Yeah. Anytime I watch wrestling and there's, like, more than six people in the ring, I'm convinced at least one or two of them are like, let's just stand over here and no one will notice. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that are not... It's like, you know when magicians do stuff to throw you off no- noticing when the actual trick is happening in the sleight of hand? I think wrestlers will do some big move to distract the fact that their mates in the corner are just having a chat and not doing any proper wrestling. And it's funny that you mentioned that because my other uh, strategy if I was in the Colosseum would have been magic. Magic. <laughs> the tricks of a magician. Illusioned. To hex my opponents. Uh, Very good. Mysterious forces. Yes. Meanwhile, the bloody poshos, Commodus, he's just roaming around. Hey now. Being the emperor. He's been coronated and all. Yeah, yeah. Will he get his own special dish? Or is that just an archaic idea from the wretched British Empire? Or would they like make him like, I don't know, a nice kind of sun-dried tomato bruschetta? For instance. Like a coronation chicken is what you're like saying. Like a coronation chicken. Yeah. Which begs the question, why haven't chicken and raisins been in a bowl before? Ugh. Do you like coronation chicken? I will pick out all the raisins right. and I'd happily eat coronation chicken. Yeah. But I just texturally find 
that anytime anyone has a recipe with raisins, they usually don't mean a fistful of owl raisins you've got knocking around in your shelf for making fruitcake once a year. Do you like raisins? I love raisins, but mm. I'm saying that often if I'm ordering food or getting something like pre-made, I won't yeah. go with raisins because I find raisin quality is all over the shop these days. Sure. Right? I'm blaming yeah, it yeah. on Brexit. You know, yeah. that's the fucking reason, right? And I want my raisins back to the quality that they were back in the time of Coronation Chicken. You know what, mate? Brexit means Brexit, and I'm happy with the bendy raisins yeah, that but we've does got now. raisins mean braisins? <laughs> When I'm brazen with raisins, do I need to be putting up with this? <laughs> Amazing. Um, so Commodus, something about him spinning his little sword around on the floor and not really listening is great. It's, it's such a such a spiteful little foppish little. It's like being on boy. your phone, isn't it? Like yeah, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. you can always look. Them kids just on their swords these days is all right. it is. Like you know, in present day, Commodus would be taking a lot of selfies. You oh know? yeah, yeah. He's proper like Tyler Breeze's giving. That's a wrestling reference, but you, you know, he's taking selfies, loving himself, not really paying attention to anyone else. His sister is trying to explain to him that his idea of getting rid of the Senate, etc., is not great. I should just point out as well yeah. in this watching of the movie. I wrongly was convinced that the two of them, because of the looks he was given earlier, that the two of them were already having the ride and no, that the no, child no. was a product of, of incest and evil. So I pretty much had my arms folded every time she was on screen going, why, why are you trying to be virtuous fucking your brother, you big weirdo? Right. And... I would like to say now that that was an error that I made and yes. a mischaracterization of the judgment of that character. She did not fuck her brother and give birth to an incest ride child. And that was wrong of me to assume because I just think that ye olden times, a lot of that went on, didn't it, Sam? Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely what he wants. And later on, he does just literally say, you know, all of that. Um, oh, and then some. And, you know, again, it's before internet pornography where he might have been able to get out some of this The thing is, right, he, he was... He's very much there. <laughs> he... <laughs> well, what it was is the way he was acting made yeah. me think that it had already happened. But what right. he was doing was he was manifesting it. Yes. So he was, like, positive having a, a positive mindset... Of trying to make it so that he can have, if I could only have that, that sex with my sister, you know, that was what was on his mind. I tell you, he's given the Senate awful grief in the chamber. He really is, and they're not happy about it. But I will say this about him, he's got some weird ideas, sure. But, you know, if you'd have told me back in school that we were having 150 days of games, Whoa! I'd have thought, what a great school year, you know? That's how I wish it had gone. Sorry, how many days of games? 150 days of games. Good Lord, that's like the entirety of the existence of the Wii Shop Channel <laughs> updates. That's like so many days of games. So many days of games. And the season of Luigi will be part of those days of games. That's when it first started in ancient yeah. Rome, actually the year of Luigi back uh, 1000 BC or thereabouts. <laughs> and you'd watch the state of play to find out about the days of games and the season of Luigi. And yeah, that's when they originally announced Grand Theft Auto 6 as well, actually, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. stuff. So, 150 days of games. Derek Jacobi, part of the Senate, he's like, you know what? It's not a bad idea. You know, the, the beating heart of Rome is not the marble of the Senate. It's the sand of the Colosseum. These games might unite the Roman people. There's a plague going on as well, by the way. Uh, yeah, but, like... <sighs> look, right, 
the, 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 <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. Something about how, like, look, we all get united around Strictly Come Dancing, even when there's bad stuff happening in the world, you know? Sometimes the people well, I missed just... my chance to get right on Strictly Come Dancing when bad stuff was happening in the world. Oh, no, more bad stuff was going to happen. That's all, okay, that's all right. Okay, I've got stuff time. Stuff time, stuff time. Sometimes we need... A few days of games to distract us from the things in our lives, you know? 130, though. I mean, I'd hate to be on the 129th day of games, you know what I'm saying? Like, it'd be a bit of a, a, a tall task to vary that up. Anyone who's, you know, been in the Butlins camps will know that the entertainment, once it gets on the loop, and there ain't a 130-day yeah. loop, I've no. seen this Michael Jackson impersonator before. <laughs> And it was before that documentary came out. You should get him off right now. <laughs> the Spaniard is using this time to gain notoriety oh, through good. blood and iron. Yes, he's very good at what he does. Oh, and he removes the pig man's hat at one point. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, that was great. Oh, it was really good. And he does his little line, doesn't he? He does his little thing to the people in the Coliseum. Should he not entertained? Yeah. They're not in the Colosseum yet. They're in... Sorry. He does his little line in, you know... Well, these are like little offshoot Colosseums, aren't they? They're not not Colosseums. They're just not the Colosseum. Colosseum house shows, I think, Sam, is what they are. <laughs> yeah. You know. Are they arenas? Arenas, no. yeah. They could be arenas. They're not arenas. The, the Colosseum. Proximo, who's the Oliver Reed slave gladiator trainer guy. He's the Mickey of the movie is what we're saying. <laughs> he really is. He's talking to Maximus about how big those fights are in Rome, which, you know, the previous guy shut down, but now Commodus is opening up again. That's where we want to be. We want to be in Rome. And it's revealed that he was a gladiator himself and he won his freedom. So he's shown him the route, his road to WrestleMania, basically, yeah. which is yeah, to yeah. meet the emperor in Rome, you know, at WrestleMania. WrestleMania, however many Roman characters you feel is appropriate for actual ancient Rome. You can have all sorts X's and V's and I's and all that. He's getting up there and he is going to have what Proximo says, bloody adventures together. <laughs> no, he, he lets him in on some advice here because he's a grizzled veteran, right? And he takes him to one side. And for Maximus, this is a big deal to learn this. But for me, uh, someone who's been on the stand-up circuit, I know that Win the crowd and you'll win your freedom. I already knew that, mate. You know, do a bit of crowd work at the start. They wouldn't let him out of the frog and bucket until he made them <laughs> laugh. He called you me and I said, they won't, they won't let me in. They won't let me in, Sam. I, my name's on the day they won't let me in. Oh, what, what a horrible sort of Twilight Zone Black Mirror situation. <laughs> you're like in a comedy club and you can't get out until you make everyone laugh. Yeah, it's like a gong show, but every time you get gong, yeah. you have to stay there for another eternity. Oh, God. So it's, it's Colosseum time now. Oh, it's baby. actual Colosseum time. And you know what? The CGI in this... I think we're going to see the CGI on the guy's eyebrows. The guy <laughs> looks like an owl. <laughs> yeah, the f funniest eyebrows I've ever seen. Quite funny. Some of the Quite funniest funny. eyebrows I've seen. In this movie, easily the funniest eyebrows. Yes, funniest eyebrows in this movie. The CGI in this is not terrible but not excellent but it was 2000 so yeah it's on. kind yeah. of it's hard to begrudge it like you could probably count on your hands there's a real bad one right at the end but you could probably otherwise yeah. count your hand the number of times where it's like ooh, yeah that doesn't look quite as good and like they have a great sense of scale for the most part but Rome does really feel like an early Assassin's Creed game at points when you see yes. some of these bigger shots I think the issue is all of the actual on-location stuff they do look so good and so yeah, beautiful. Yeah, by comparison. It, just, yeah, yeah, the contrast is a, is a bit weird. And if he was a real director, he'd sort <laughs> out with a 20th anniversary edition Blu-ray and then yeah. sort it out again later on 
and then sell it to Disney so we could get the Gladiator prequels, the yes, Kitchen please. Garden years. But we've done that yet because some people don't know how to do business. No. Uh, and it was Ridley Scott. You are. You were correct. I knew that. Yeah. That snuck in somewhere into my brain. Commodus, uh, he just wants his sister to kiss him and stay with him. He's a fucking weirdo. That's what he's up to. But uh, <laughs> So, little Lucius... Who, again, I viewed with undue suspicion throughout yeah. this movie. He is in, like, writing down things like, that incest boy meets with the Spaniard, and he's got a thing or two on his mind. You know, again, I, I grabbed yeah. the wrong end of the stick here. I'll do apologies well, to Lucius. Well, he might be Maximus's son, perhaps. Per chance. Yeah. But he's Commodus's nephew, and he's saying, Oh, hello, Spaniard. Uh, you're very good at the battles, aren't you? I'm going to cheer for you. You're so strong and you kill people. I like you. Hooray! Hooray! I'm British. Oh, hello. Oh, do us a battle, mate. Uh, you are... Crowds right now are sophisticated in Rome and they're really into historical recreations, actually. That's what they want to do. <laughs> yeah. So we have the Barbarian Horde as played by Maximus and the gang. And his mates, yeah. Against, honestly, a bit of a weighted advantage the other team, the whole oh, team yeah. here now, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Teamwork makes the dream work, and that is... And tactics make the work clicks. Yes. And that's what happens here. They use both of those things, and they yeah. turn that tide, they ride that horse, they spill that blood. There's people getting cut in half. There's horses and carts crashing everywhere. Sam, it's a great result for the barbarians. you got to hand it yeah. to them. Yeah, it's a great result for them. Bish, bash, bosh. They fucking did it. It's not historically accurate, but it's entertaining, you know? Hey. This was the inglorious bastards of its day. <laughs> <laughs> a slave, remove your helmet. I father dead child. No, no, that's not what he says. He says that his name is Maximus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, things have been going very good from the last couple of years. And uh, I'm a lot like you, uh, Emperor <laughs> Claudius. Uh, my, my, my loved ones have been murdered as well. Yeah. Uh, he shall have his vengeance in this life or the next. Oh. All right. That actually, honestly, for me, yeah. that'd take a bit of the sting out of the tail of the threat. Well, the next life, right? Yeah, good, good, good. Okay, yeah, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, and and what I do then afterwards when I'm kind of like, maybe he's got a bit old and shit, like I'm like he ain't getting me in this life, lads. <laughs> well, I'd still be like you know, so as to not give him the sense of urgency, I'd be like all oh, scared. Oh no, oh, the I'm, next, <laughs> oh the next life, guys. What's gonna happen? And he'll be here all old, like, <laughs> and then he die. And of course, it's that kind of carry-on being like, I will have revenge on you, mate. That's going to get you killed. But... Oh, the power of the masses. As we remember from the gong shows. The roar of the crowd. If you've got the crowd on your side, the promoter cannot <laughs> refuse to let you win 30 quid. Exactly. Even if you've blocked them on Facebook. <laughs> 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 we're not naming names but we do know who we're talking about um, and as well he doesn't murder him out of embarrassment yeah he's like, oh, uh, do it they'll be all weird about it so he does the thumbs up which actually it would in real life it would have been the thumbs down but he does the thumbs up to say yeah you you can live mate crowd cheers emotional music credits roll what a film no that's you know an interesting play there that the crowd 
has swayed Commodus's decision here. The sister is uh, having a chat with Maximus then, basically yes. explaining the whole situation there. Yeah, yeah. But he wants none of it, because, like... So that, I think they, they used to go out, didn't they? Those two, for a bit, possibly. I think. That's the impression I get. There's, there's they, a history there, yeah. I think there's a history there. Maybe he's like, forget you ever knew me and never come back here again. So that's oh. pretty pretty clear. Uh, he doesn't want anything to do with her. She tells him, though, that, you know, he has this edge. He has the power of the people. And, yeah. you know, that's the one thing the Joker can't control. Uh, <laughs> and that will incense him, you know? Yeah. So it's pretty much mm. got to grab the bull by the horns there. Well, I, I have to say a little shout out here to my favorite character in the movie, which yep. is the gladiator coming out of retirement for the big battle here against Maximus. The Tigress of Gaul is in the house and he's very big and scarred and he's got quite a few tigers in tow. He's got tigers. He's got bring tigers. He's bringing tigers to tea. What's he doing? That's got to be considered an unfair advantage of some That's sort, not right? That's odd, mate. You don't bring tigers to a Colosseum battle. But look, Commodus has been like, right, we've got to get this guy killed somehow. Let's get some tigers in here. I'm surprised he's not got, like, a fucking anvil hanging down over the thing. It's part of his acme schemes of how to kill Maximus here. What's he, what's he called, his opponent? The Tigress of Gaul. He gets a proper stab through the foot, doesn't he? Right, yeah. He gets stabbed in the foot, which makes yeah. him spew blood out of his mouth. What's going on here? It's all connected, mate. It's all connected. A tube of blood. Is that all he is? <laughs> like a toothpaste. Heard a foot and mouth. Think about it, mate. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Maximus here, it's as they say, when you're hot, you can't do anything wrong because the crowd's like, kill him, kill him, kill him. And he's like, oh, we'll not kill him. And they're like, yay, Mer- <laughs> merciful Max, that's what we want. We're idiots. We'll like whatever you do. He's got them on side. So they're, he does. they're supporting him. Firmly yeah. on side. He sees his old like page boy, the guy who was like, kind of his, uh, whatever the Roman equivalent of a squire is. Yes. His sword fellow. And he's like, tell the men the general is back. So he's plotting, he's got to grab the bull by the horns as anticipated. He's plotting to do a coup. Doing yeah. a coup. He's doing a coup. And at the end of that battle, right, bloody Commodus comes out and Maximus is like, ah, oh, I've only... <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I have only one more life to take. And Commodus is like, go on then, mate, take it now. But... Maximus, tur- he's the bigger man because he knows he'll get killed if he tries to kill Commodus here. He turns around, walks away, and Commodus is like, uh, your son cried when I killed him. Um, your son was, uh, you know. How would he know that? No. Who'd, who'd tell him that? What's on, what report are you getting, you freak? I heard down the grapevine that your family suffered and were in pain when we made them suffer and put them through a lot of pain so uh, uh-huh. and you know it's gotten to him as well because it makes him go back into his locker room and play with his little kinder egg toys of his, of his <laughs> wife and child <laughs> and he's like oh this is like them being alive it's not though is it like it's a bit it's a bit of shit like it's an interesting thing because it's more sad when you think about the amount of kinder eggs he had to eat to get the ones that look like his wife and the child the ones he wanted exactly yeah. you know so Joaquin I mean, he is so good at being a stroppy little child who can't get his way. He's obsessed that they love him and he is in a horrible nightmare scenario because he can't kill him because even though the Senate guy is like, you got to kill him, he's like, if I kill him, he'll be a murderer. What can I do? And his little Senate mate is like, be like a sea snake. 
let him take little bites of you while you're still, and you'll be fine. So it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. That's a fucking rubbish idea, though, because you know, spoiler, he does get killed by him, and I'm sure yeah, there's yeah. a few sea snakes who fall and fail <laughs> in the same way. Like, hence why they've not got a colosseum of their own, <laughs> being bitten to death by other stuff. Like, are you sure I'm meant to keep staying? How, wait, how long do I stay still? <laughs> oh, poor sea snakes. His old mate tells him, "Yeah, your armies are still loyal." They're still loyal to you. And so that mate then approaches Lucilla, who is Commodus' sister, and they get Derek Jacobi involved, and they're all hanging out, and a coup is afoot. A coup is afoot. Ah. But he wants, Maximus wants Oliver Reed's blessing before he can go on with any coup. And also yeah. because it'd be very handy to have a man who's got a lot of keys on his keychain, to be yes. able have him in the old back pocket. And he basically tells him the truth about Commodus killing the man who freed him. So he's like, okay then, I see, but nothing is committed to at this exact mm-hmm. moment. Uh, I tell you who's is committed to the idea of shagging his sister, and that is Commodus, because he... There's so many scenes in this that are just... He wants to have a go on his sister. He's being real he really creepy. Does. It's real horrible. And you know what? It's Game of thrones in it. It you is, know? it is very yeah. much is, but I'll tell you what, there's nothing more, like, if you thought that a man pursuing the thought of incest is disturbing, this yeah. guy's got a fucking five-year plan. Like, he's literally got it, like, <laughs> bullet-pointed, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, this, and then this, and this, yeah. and this. Ah, awful stuff now. Disgusting little man. And little Lucius, the little boy, he's playing with wooden swords. Uh, with with Commodus, and he's like, oh, I'm Maximus, saviour of Rome, because he's he wants to be his here. It's like you saying, oh, I'm I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> you know. But when when you were a child, right, who was your favourite wrestler when you were a kid? Oh, I was a kid. It was Mick, it was Mankind would have ah. been my favourite. Yeah, I'm Mick Foley. Have a nice day. Oh, Socko, right? If you'd have done that, but my dad was Mister McMahon. <laughs> yeah. And Mick Foley was wanting to take over as commissioner. (laughs) I love how this has just become our wrestling episode, even more so than our our The Wrestler episode. I love it. That's great. You know, something about these old-fashioned battles in front of crowds. I'm not saying that... It's the oldest human entertainment, Sam. It's wrestling and it's Coliseum adjacent. I'm not saying that these gladiators and their fights were a work. All right, I'm just saying it's possible that they were. <laughs> I'm just saying they made me suspend my disbelief, didn't they? The go. gladiators yeah, there yeah. when they were chopping each other's heads off and all that. He's playing with his little wooden swords and he's being like, I want to be like Maximus. And Lucius basically lets Commodus in on this whole plan that he's sort of... He, he, gives, away, he gives the fucking game away, this little kid. Oh, he's the sister's in deep doo-doo now. And the oh, coup is starting at the same time. The gates are open. Proximo's yeah. let him in. Well, right, Kevin... So the bit where Proximo... Aha! I thought he was a bit nonchalant here. And he's kind of lit weirdly. It's because he's been fully Livia Sopranoed and he's not actually there. Uh, no, I don't like I that at all. <laughs> Here's the key. And it's, it's all... There's a lot of, like, long shots of him in silhouette walking along with his keys going to the thing. And, you know, there's only a couple of shots of his face that I th- apparently were extremely expensive to recreate him. Um, very briefly, just to well, say. I'll, I'll like. give it this much, Sam. It looks better than Livia Soprano. It, yeah, it's, I think it's this, got this one that much going for it. Yeah, of all the things that Soprano should have not taken inspiration from, this is one of them. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> right. I don't want to go on a Soprano's tangent for too long, but in my most recent rewatching of the Sopranos, I don't think that scene with Livia had any benefit 
to, no, it doesn't. There. No, it, it doesn't. all could have happened off camera. What I yeah. think it is is that someone said that they could do this bang up job, and I think they wanted to see it and be yeah. like, I'm sure there's plenty of instances where there's actors who were no longer available or died or whatever it was they would have liked to use. So maybe let's yeah. see if we can do it. We'd be pioneers on HBO, and you fucking made it awful. Oh, well, we fucking paid for it now. We got to put it in. Fucking football manager create a character, <laughs> Lydia Soprano. Her face all flowing up to one side with Gremlin in. It's fucking shit. So all of Maximus's mates, they're on board with the, you know, the big coup here, the big get out, you know, the great escape. It was a, a rowdy bunch of guys coming in, getting some swords, armors left from very good. Meanwhile, yep. Commodus has got us some new rules, which is uh, the boy is now his. Yes. And if the sister does anything... The boy will be killed, including if she kills herself, he'll kill the boy as well. So he's quickly shift from incest being his number one manifest dream to killing his sister. Well, I, yeah, he's threatening her into loving him. And I think he says that he's going to have a child with her. I mean, what a horrible little rotter that man is. And this is where we got that awful scene as well. He turns around on like the kind of the backdrop of Rome. And it looks oh, yeah, yeah. fucking awful. Looks shit, doesn't it? It looks really green screen ropey because everything else looks so great. We have to have like Rome behind him. Fine. Look, Max's mate is killed. Max is captured just basically just outside the walls. He's been maxed. He's been maxed. And this bit here where they gimmick him so it's a nice soft rope dope for the Emperor. Where they come here, you. Yeah. Now patch him up and bring him out. So we get to watch the spectacle of a stabbed man fight for his life. It's a Commodus, yeah, he's facing off in the Colosseum with Maximus. This is another little behind-the-scenes wrestling thing for you folks. A yeah. lot of wrestlers and Commodus has went for it here. If they know they're going to be getting colour, brackets blood, blood. in a match, they yeah. might wear an all-white outfit or a t-shirt and Commodus right. is head-to-toe in white. So he knows he's going to be spilling a bit of juice tonight. Uh, I mean, it, look, I watched AEW Revolution the other day. I'm just going to talk about wrestling throughout this whole fucking episode. The man who bled the most had white trousers, had didn't white he? shorts on. He did. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never put two and two together with that before. I, th- I actually thought, oh, that's a shame because he's, <laughs> he's worn his nice, his nice white shorts. <laughs> Commodus, despite his advantage that he's given himself by stabbing Maximus in the lung. And he has he has like fancy sword play, but he is still just swords quite, quite easily. Yeah, but... Oh, this he's is He's a sea I, snake. He is. He's a sea snake. But yeah. it turns out... That even though he's a sea snake, he's more like kind of a, a snake that has fallen into the sea, if you know what I mean. Right. Because he just gets the shit knocked out of him by the yeah. elements here. And the punching sound effects when Maximus starts boffing him. Yeah. I'll tell you now, Sam, they were sub-rocky. It was so funny. It was like, like honestly, I was expecting to be like zonk because he was so... <laughs> Dush, badink, bonk, he was laying in those uh, big right hands there Maximus was on, on Commodus and it was yep. fucking ridiculous it all gets a bit it's a knockout at the end here and it's very big but the, him being stabbed in the throat at the end here old Commodus oh stop stabbing yourself Commodus you're making a show of me now the complete silence other than those gross throat noises so we're talking about sounds and noise I thought that the when you so that really that really got you going, huh? <laughs> threw, threw me off there. Yeah. Bringing that into focus, it was quite 
a good unnerving thing for me at the end there. You know, it, it, I've been stabbed in the in the throat. Ah, horrible. It was a wet death, Sam, is the best way you could describe Proper it. Proper wet death. Proper yeah. wet Real death. Real wet death. And not long after the wet death of the emperor, Maximus, yes. a hero who has already been stabbed in the lungs, yep. he dies a happy chappy. And he's allowed to go to what he assumes is heaven and i hope to yes. god that if it is the case that there's an afterlife he does go to heaven because he'd be a bit shit if he was eternally damned after all he'd been through there now it really would and because he's a legend and a nice bloke they lift him and take him out of the coliseum whereas old commodus old joaquin leave him on the fucking leave floor him. mate leave, him, leave yeah. him on the floor and it's good as well that Maximus died when he did because we didn't get to live to see what a honking shite oh. ruler he would have been. Moron. Fucking moron. Yeah. In the history books, it'd just be 150 days of games, died. <laughs> and the Senate are like, there's a plague, Your Excellency. What do we do? My boy pretends that he's a horse. You numbskull! <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. His little mate character at the end like buries the figurines and... They kind of imply that all the slaves have been freed as well. I think so, yeah. Because Proximo's gone, so... accurate, I'm sure. <laughs> and there we go, setting us up for Gladiator 2. Keep on gladiating. Which apparently is in development. Are you shitting me? Nope, Ridley Scott has said he is working on that. And that's going to be coming. So they're going to be Gladiator like, 2. Well, what, he's in Elysium. Like, it's, it, this is, you know, this was in this life and the sequel is and in the next. Well, he's going to be in, in Dead Town. There was a proposed sequel back in the day involving resurrection of Maximus. You killed Jesus. You're not allowed to just start resurrecting Romans. That's fucking, no. But there is no, now. Right, no. That is that has <laughs> activated my fucking Catholicism. You're not resurrecting Roman emperors. But the. There's Sorry, now... but you go watch more Star Wars sequels <laughs> to find out that resurrecting an emperor is a bad idea, ethically and morally. Right, there is now, Kevin, <laughs> a sequel in, in development. I reckon it's going to be big boy grown-up Lucius, who'll be uh... about 28 now. You know who'd play him now, huh? Who'd play him? Well, he'll, be, he'll grow up to be a big, strong boy. I was reading the Wikipedia page after I'd watched this, and I think bloody Hemsworth, one of the Hemsworths, oh, they'll swoop wants in. Wants to swoop in. Ridley you know? wants that beef. He wants that beef. He wants that big beefy boy to come in. Anyway, there's going to be a sequel to this. But hey, that's the end of Gladiator. And you had a good time. I had a great time. Yeah, I had a great time. You I had a enjoyed. Great time. It seems like. You know, there's obviously there's big scale and epic battles peppered yeah. throughout this, but it isn't a non-stop epic war movie. It is no. punctuated by all of these, you know, honestly, fantastic scenes with amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing actors. Like I think Joachim is probably easily steals the show in this, for my money yes. anyway. I think he's absolutely yeah. fantastic in it. Was there anything that kind of took away from it for you? Like, I know we mentioned some of the ropey mm. effects and all that. You didn't seem to be necessarily in love with Russell Crowe or his performance or anything like no, that. I, I thought he was great in this. I, he has the look, hasn't he? He's got the cut of uh, what you reckon a gladiator should look like. You know what? He plays it to a T, is what I would say. Mm. It's not... I was going to say it's not remarkable, but I don't mean that. It is really good. But it's like, he's well suited to the role and he does it really well, yeah. you know? He does exactly what he needs to do in this and he pulls it off and it's great. Whereas like, Joaquin, you're like, oh, he's a real, you know, snivelling little jerk and we hate him and he's very good at playing that. You know, he's, he's kind of the one to keep an eye on, whereas Russell Crowe is like, oh, he's doing really good acting here, putting in a really good shift. You know, all the like bit part players, I mean, Oliver Reed was great. Yeah. Pretty much everyone in this 
did a great job. It looked amazing. With some minor exceptions, it sounded really good. The th- score on this is beautiful. It's good yeah. shit. Like, yeah, really, yeah. really good. That, that theme will get under your skin, I guarantee you, in the next couple of days. And the runtime didn't drag for me. It was a kind of a, a non-factor. This is like the ultimate runtime was flagged as a concern and then mm. was absolutely not a concern it's fine yeah and while we're talking about wrestling so much i stayed up late last night to watch the wrestling show before we recorded so mm. i was fucking knackered when i watched this movie and i thought right. i wouldn't make it through in one and i absolute breeze yeah it's such yeah. a watchable movie but i think i would stop short saying that i love it you know i think uh. that like i kind of look at it i'm like it's a really good movie like i appreciate a good high street chain restaurant but i'm not gonna rush out to go and eat there anytime soon or necessarily say to my friends oh you gotta go and eat you know fucking <laughs> you gotta go eat a pizza express man you know it's but it's a it's a really good chain restaurant oh yeah, yeah. you know you're gonna get you know no, what you're gonna get like, like it's not like it's not like national chain it's like a small regional chain oh okay a, it was a little independent restaurant that has done really well and managed to spin off a few in you know the east midlands yeah there's a few dotted around but it, it, it's now a chain no, I, I'm not sure what this metaphor means, but... It, it means that Kevin and Sam need to go to a fucking Little Chef soon and get their champion <laughs> breakfast on. It was tasty. I feel nourished by this film. You're right, I don't... I, I don't think this is going to be my favourite film or anything like that, but I, you, you can see the quality. You can understand why it was Best Picture. You get... Like, that makes total sense. Does it scratch any sort of a historical interest itch for you? Because... As a man who literally yesterday was given a big book about Greek and Norse myths by Joe the intern, which we're very excited we started reading through because Mm. we've been playing Hades recently and we played God of War recently and there's a lot of a kind of olden mythology stuff in our head. I know mythology is very different from history and all that, but but I was a little bit surprised that this didn't make my history fucking senses go off because I do love a bit of history. I'm not sure if it appeals to you. Part of me was just thinking, don't bother taking this as a historical thing because it's all bollocks, isn't it? The Joker was never an emperor. Well, as a British man, I tend to just ignore history and try not to think about it. (laughs) Keep your head down. (laughs) So this was quite a nice little glimpse into it. A fun little blockbuster glimpse into history that I can have a look at and then put away. You know what? I can't say much more than I had a really good time with this and I really enjoyed it and I thought it was great. You're giving it an Oscar then, Sam, is what you're telling me. It seems deserving, doesn't it? It seems deserving of it. I don't know what it was up against, but it feels deserving, you know? Yeah. That's a a fucking Oscar winner. It's an Oscar movie, isn't it? Particularly a 2000 Oscar winner. It really feels like that. Well, tell me then, Sam, with that all being said, and with the Academy standing by, Mm. how many star wipes are you going to give gladiator you know what i wish this was a review show where we did like thumbs up or thumbs down because it would be very funny to do a sort of thumbs up at the end because it would almost be fitting sam it would be very fitting i don't think it would be fair to give this anything less than but i probably won't give it any more than four star wipes you heard it here firstius Oh, thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at cinema swirl on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash cinema swirl on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. 
you've got questions, queries, comments, or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. Oh, and if there are any bits in recent episodes that you think would make particularly nice video clips, you know, the kind of thing we've had on our socials recently, then send us a tweet and let us know. All right, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. Bye.